listen, based on based <laughs> on how well your business model works, I think it's a great start. I just remember when you called me a year ago. When you called me a year ago, and I got off the phone, and I talked oh, to my girlfriend, I was, which is my wife now. I talked to my girlfriend. I was like, oh, I don't know. This guy's going to, <laughs> who's going to, fucking, who's going to trial? He's he's like, and he and she's like, he wants to do a, a a video. I said, yeah. I mean, she's like, don't you think that's a bad idea? I said, but that's not his problem. He seems to think it's okay. <laughs> and I and she said, she got, she's like, well, what happened? I go, well, he's he's telling me. He didn't do anything wrong. I said, and and yet he's describing that he was running a Ponzi scheme. Like as we're talking, yeah, I didn't do anything wrong. But then you're, then I'm like, well, what did you do? And then I said, as he starts to explain it, like it's a Ponzi scheme. Hey, this is Matt Cox, and I am here with Jimmy Bastine. He or Bastion? Wait, what is it? Hold oh, no. um, on. No, this is good, bro. Is it Bastion? Bastion. Well, what's Bastion. the French version? Bastien. Bastien. <laughs> I'm still saying it right, right? All right, Bastion. Sure. So it's I'm here Bastion. with Jimmy Bastion. Yeah. And I don't. I it's it. Listen, it's it, to me. It's a Ponzi. He was. He ran a. A uh, Ponzi scheme in Canada. We actually talked about a year ago before his trial, and he d- at the last minute decided, like, "Hey, I just can't do this right now." An interview before my trial of a <laughs> Ponzi scheme, like it just feels like it's not a good idea. So, all right. So, but this is what he he went to trial uh, in Canada. So he, he got a, a very Canadian sentence. <laughs> And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's been. Uh oh, and now my phone's ringing. <laughs> this is so. It's perfect. It is. It is perfect. perfect. Hold on, I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna get it. Hold yeah, go go for it. <laughs> I'm actually gonna get this just because. Yes. Absolutely. Hold on. <laughs> somebody, it's somebody from prison. This is this is common. Yeah, I imagine. <laughs> Hey, listen, so I'm actually doing a podcast right now. Yeah, give me, just give me, give me a, yeah, give me a couple hours. All right, cool. Thanks, bye. I got my inside sources. Yeah, I can't can't imagine that, yeah. Okay, so, good times. So, let's talk. What, what? Where were you? Uh, where were you born? I was born in Trois-Rivières, so uh, three rivers. I'm uh, in Quebec, so I'm a French Canadian. Obviously, you can tell by my name and my accent. Yeah, you were, you know, and you were. So you predominantly speak what French? Yes, I speak French. I just started uh, speaking English again, uh, like three weeks ago, basically. Right, because you would, you would, when we talked, you were like, I'm not sure about my English. and Yeah, exactly. But many people do speak English in uh, Quebec. I think it's 47%. It's a weird place in Canada, you know. It's just the, every, every, everywhere else that speaks English in Quebec, we speak French. Because of Christophe Colomb, he arrived there, there uh, 
and he colonized the place. So we have very beautiful women here in Quebec. It's a mixture of uh, of uh, Indian uh, tribes that were there and the uh, the the the, the English French. people that came. yeah, and uh, not the English, the uh, the French that came in. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's a great start, bro. Yeah, it's why. Actually, I listen based on based <laughs> on how well your business model works. I think it's a great start. I just remember when you called me a year ago. When you called me a year ago, and I got off the phone, and I talked oh, to my girlfriend, was, which is my wife now. I talked to my girlfriend. I was like, oh, I don't know. This guy's going to who's in the fucking who's going to trial? He's He's like, and he, and she's like, he wants to do a, a, a video. I said, yeah. I mean, she's like, don't you think it's a bad idea? I said, but I'm not this problem. He seems to think it's okay. <laughs> and I, and she said, she got, she's like, well, what happened? I go, well, he's, he's telling me he didn't do anything wrong. I said, and, and yet he's describing that he was running a Ponzi scheme. Like as we're talking, <laughs> yeah, I didn't do anything wrong. But then you're, then I'm like, well, what did you do? And then I said, as he starts to explain it, I'm like, it, it, it's a Ponzi scheme. He keeps saying Sorry, it's, it's, not, Ponzi it's, it's tough money, but yeah, I was still a little bit, you know, uh, <laughs> mixed, mixed feelings. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, okay. So back to the beginning, you were born in, in Quebec. Yes. Raised in Quebec. Yes. Okay. Did you, do you have a, I mean, what did you, did you go to college? I said yes for two weeks. So I then steady. This is falling in the exactly. But... Yes, exactly. So I studied. What do, your, what do your parents do? Uh, my uh, dad is a cop, funny enough. And uh, my mom is a caretaker, I think. You say in English, so she has kids at home and she, she's a, she takes care of the kids. Yeah. So that's what. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so, so <laughs> two honest professions. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Very much. Very much. Um, yeah, my parents were decent people too. Look how I turned out. So, um, <laughs> so what, all right. So go to high school, go to college for two weeks. What, why'd you drop out of college? So, Curiosity. Uh, because, uh, I wanted to start my own uh, business. I was involved with many things with, um, Multi-level marketing is the main reason why I didn't finish because I was so brainwashed with all uh, with all of this and it the college sucks and it it's not completely false. I mean, you know, you can start a business obviously without the college degree. So if I go way back to high school, then administration uh, for two weeks, then uh, my fossil at in uh, high school I was um, doing parties. So I was organizing parties. I had a little business. Uh, and I rented shacks and stuff. So I still had my customer base from high school. So I decided, look, why not start the um, the party company? So it was called Party Bus. So the idea was to bring people uh, from different cities. Uh, so you don't have to drive with your car and we can do the party in the uh, the bus. You, are, you, you arrive at the club. You don't do the, uh, uh, the lineup, but you were a VIP there. So I, I started building that. That went fine. That went, it was great. Um, but then I started becoming, uh, more greedy and the MLM stuff was still, uh, in my head. So, uh, slowly, but surely, 
became a worst person and I eventually uh, tried to uh, to build an investment firm in a very, very, uh, how could you put it, um, not the best way, not the most smart way. <clears throat> so you you figured you could start an investment firm based on your vast experience <laughs> no and in, in busing people to party <laughs> what, what, i mean were you not, trading? not no, yeah not exactly no actually uh, i'll go into details with them with the, all the legal uh, loopholes i tried to take but it, all the, the whole thing was nonsense and madness but uh I was very interested for real and still am about uh, trading in the derivatives uh, market. So I started uh, trading and have trading theories with small accounts or demo accounts. And that's demo. Part demo. Of the... Yes. So that's a big like part. Right. They're pretend accounts that, that, that mimic real trades. So you can exactly. bet it or you bet you can make trades based on what's really happening. But you're not using real money. But it it appears, yes, to be real money that you're betting or that you're betting that you're trading. No, but bet could be the right word because in the derivatives market, uh, for CFD specifically, contract for differences, it's it's betting, it's spread betting, really. So it's it's the, it's the right word. So after two years of me uh, building the, uh, the, the, the the my track record, but it was it's still a demo account, you know. So I thought. Well, this is time now, you know. <laughs> now I know what I'm doing. Exactly. Got it down. Now I'm ready. To, I am ready to trade with other people's money. Mm -hmm. Not my money. No. That'd be crazy. Yes. Everybody, well, I didn't have any first, first of all, so I couldn't, you know. Oops. So, uh, but yeah, that was the idea. And uh, my theory was... If I wanted to get a licensed uh, financial firm, it's not that difficult to have a private fund and to have a real license and everything. Hey, well, it's not difficult. I mean, it's doable, okay? But one of the, the issues is that people have to be uh, accredited uh, investors, right? And obviously, my friends and everybody I knew, they, they weren't, uh, they, they, don't, they didn't have a high uh, net worth. So I said, well, what about personal loans? It's not the SEC that manages, well, the Quebec SEC, I'll spell it same that third. It's not the SEC that, uh, that takes care of the loans. It, the, uh, it's the FTC, so therapy. I could take loans, and as long as I pay people back, I can do whatever I want with the loans. So that was my, my theory. So I said, it's the perfect world, because if I get the loans, then I can start, I can pay myself, I can start, I can take other loans, pay back the people, and then I can start building my firm. And then um, the goal was to have eventually like $10 million in a brokerage account and then uh, start the, the real trading. But I had one week of, of, real, uh, of real trading before I got shut down. Okay, so you went to to your your friends and said look i i own a no, not my friends not my friends i uh well i had a big following of it because of the parties 
So uh, what I did is I put out the uh, promotional uh, video about me uh, because I uh, people still respected me, you know, because of the of the parties. So I I uh, well I'm sure some of them didn't, but uh, I I <laughs> I put out the promotional video uh, that uh, showed my uh, new office that I rented, and it was a really uh, insane uh, office that I rented. And look, I'm I'm this is the future firm I'm going to build, and then the, I'm going to tell you more later, you know. So I knew in, in, by I knew by doing that, uh, people will automatically uh, write to me to work for me. Do you have uh, still have that video? I do. Yes, I would love to see that video. Could you sit to me? I yes, I'm not sure. I, I would have to. I, I can send it to you later, and I, I couldn't find it on this computer. Obviously, I had to and uh, had to shut it down uh, real quick when the uh, when the government came in. It was uh, so. I'm sure I can find it somewhere. Yeah. Okay, so it's pretty credible. You see, it's pretty. It's pretty. Is the video is pretty nice? Yeah, I gotta see this. So we could play it. Yeah, absolutely, no problem. Um. Well. Yeah. Fuck okay, it. Knew it. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, was it gonna? Is it gonna? I mean, you're. It's not like you haven't already gone to trial. Like you're. No, and this is over. That's why. That's why now it's okay that I can talk. I can talk about it uh, right now. It's fine, and uh, would would not have been smart if I thought. But. Bonjour à mes amis Facebook et à tous. Mon nom, c'est Jimmy Bastien. En ce moment, on est au centre-ville de Trois-Rivières parce que j'ai une grosse annonce à faire. Also, the truth uh, when I called you is I it was it was also a little bit to have pre you know uh, counseling and advice from a guy who committed fraud you know so I I took the uh, the uh, I'll make a podcast uh, entrance uh, to uh, to have you on a call also. Okay, so um, so how, so who did you start to borrow money from, and what was the agreement with them? It all did. You you put out the video. They started approaching you. It started the, the loan started before the loan started before it started small, uh, like uh, I think like a three thousand dollar loan or something from a guy, whatever. And I would say, look, um, I'll pay you back uh, with interest in three months or whatever, you know, so, which many people do. The, these types of loans, if I would have traded that. I mean, it's not really, it's not a big deal. But then <clears throat> I realized when I started to pay them back, they wanted to loan me money again, of course. And they also, what I did was um, I managed to tell them after a while it evolved with the, uh, with the trading stuff. And I said, look, I'm trading the money, by the way. And uh, if you refer me other people, 
which is with all the MLM aspect of it. Uh, it would be great for you. So the referrals started coming in and uh, after like uh, three or four years, people were, at the end, people were, were throwing like 200 grand uh, into my checking account. Can you believe this? Well, but you're not trading with them. No. You're not, not, their, you're not trading their money. They're just no. giving you loans and you're giving it back, but you're giving it back based on the additional money you're bringing in. Exactly. So this part is a Ponzi. So this part, this part is a Ponzi. Uh, absolutely. I agree in details with, with, with that. Uh, did this for two years? Uh, uh, more than that. Yeah. So, well, I mean, at this point, so let's say two years. So what are you spending the money on? If you're not trading it, what are you spending the money? I, I keep, I, uh, I, I was not living lavishly. I was paying myself. I used the money to pay back the old, uh, the older creditors. Right. And I was building my, uh, still building my Nemo account to have more results. So, uh, so it would be easier because when you log in into a Nemo account, you can go back as far as you want. So, uh, for example, if I knew if I had like at least two years or three years of results in the Nemo account, it would be much more credible if I, if I went to people and said, look, I log in into the, uh, the, by the way, I broke my, uh, my, uh, little finger, uh, like, uh, Two months ago, the alliance a little, but um, so I went. Uh, um, I knew that if I had like at least three years of results, and I would uh, show that to people, they would be, uh, they would most likely uh, lend me more money than if I had like one uh, one year of uh, results. Right. So, okay. So you didn't buy a Lamborghini? Nope, no Lambos. Uh, 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 no, I didn't have a car even. I had a guy that uh, drove me everywhere because I was so alcoholic and still a little bit am. Uh, so um, no, the only crazy part was the office. That was that was insane. So they say without the office, I would probably am would have gone much much longer without the uh, without the office. So this is why this is how I got uh, caught. I think so. So, okay, so you built up, how much money had you borrowed at this point? At this, the whole thing was about a million, a million, million dollars. Okay. The whole thing. Yeah. And you've got this office and yeah. you're borrowing money. Yes. And you're about to, and you start trading. Yes. I finally, when uh, at this point, uh, uh, I have like 45,000 in my checking account. And then I finally feel ready. Everything is all in place. I have that guys that can refer me the the debt. I am a guy that sends me like the, uh, his, uh, reports of analysis reports. I, I feel ready, you know? So, so at this point I have another 200 grand that, that comes in and about, I, I had a stack of, of, uh, of people already ready to, to give those. I would probably, uh, Easily, the the ten million seems crazy, but I'm sure I would have uh, be, been able to uh, to bring in. So, at this point, I had the forty five thousand, and then I sent two hundred grand in the brokerage account. I'm ready now. I'm ready to do the real trading. One week later, I get shot. Did you do any trades? Yes, I did. I did thirteen percent actually my first, but it doesn't matter. You know, I broke the law anyway. So, if, who cares? You know. 
but uh, yeah, I did 13%. I, I would have to check back the exact number, but yeah, I did uh, actually made profits. So uh, maybe it would have worked, but I still would have, would have broke the law, you know? Um, okay, so, so how did they figure out, like, how did they shut you down so quickly? How it works in Quebec is, first of all, I was in an office where there were other financial firms there. So, you know, obviously they started calling the government. Look, this guy is not licensed to do, to, who are these kids at the 14th floor like doing parties and everything. So obviously people started calling the government. After enough calls, the government opens an investigation. They looked at my bank account. And they said, well, this sure looks like a Ponzi scheme. You didn't know my intention. I want to build a future a financial firm or whatever, but it doesn't matter. I still broke the law. Right. And um, so in an emergency case like this, uh, they have the right to uh, they have the right to freeze and shut you down immediately. When it when it the judge, it's a it's a danger like to society. You know? Did you tell them about your idea? Did you tell them like, listen, I you guys are messing me up. Like I, I have got this. I mean, oh, at the at the begin at the beginning, I was when the when they came in, uh, I was advised to uh, take a lawyer immediately. I still had no money, but some guy loaned me another five grand to go to uh, to go to the lawyer. And then the lawyer said, "Look, you're finished, dude. Call call the government. <laughs> call the government right now." And tell them to come here, and uh, we'll 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 deal with this. But like, don't try to trade again right now because I was, I had all these conditions. I received a document like this thick, and like you can't trade. I could not even have a bank account. I could I couldn't do anything. So, uh, but in my mind, I was still absolutely convinced. You know, they they are wrong. I'm just taking loans. You know, and the it's a big it's a big misconception they have. So, okay. Um, so you had a couple hundred thousand that you were trading with, but you're saying you had no money. Did that money get frozen? The, I had 45,000 in my checking account. When, the, when everything uh, shut down, I had 45,000. That they froze immediately. Then the 200 grand that I had one week of trading, so I, I, I pushed it to uh, 200 and... 13 I have to be careful with my mouth I think I think that was the number I'm not even sure so um that they couldn't take so easily because it was in a brokerage account in Australia so this is why they were panicking a little bit and also I think this is why I was able to have a less of a bigger sentence because I cooperated with them immediately and I they want they really wanted the uh the 200 and 13. So I wired the money back here in uh, in Canada in the account that they had uh, frozen. So they took that. I waited two and a half years for my trial. I didn't know what they were going to do with the money. So they have the money right now. Yes, good. So do they? Did they? So you talked to the attorney. Yeah. So you got a letter. Basically, you were served a letter. Yeah. It was told you to cut it out. And you contacted an attorney, and the attorney said contact them, tell them to come here, explain the situation. So yes. did a couple of agents show up? Or... Yeah, no, he contacted them. Uh, we set it up. We set it uh, a meeting. 
Bro, this I, this part is is funny. I'm I'm happy that this goes this way. The previous interview I did, I was emotional, like soft white, uh, soft white vibes. But uh, uh, yes, they came in. The uh, we we sat down at the table with the other newbie attorney because of course the big boss attorney said, "Look, this guy, he, I won't I won't take my time for him. I'll send my new guy." Uh, so I spoke. Uh, all the eight hours of uh, like the pushing and the, they wanted, you really wanted me to say people are investing. And I was saying, nope, never. I never broke even once. No, they are. I, I was correcting like the, the agent. I was like, no, no, creditors, not investors, creditors. In my mind, I was so convinced, you know, that it it made a difference. But uh, yeah. Did, so you, it, did you think they were going to, they were going to be like, you know what? You're right. And they were going to walk out. Be like, what, it, our, my bad. Did you think that's what was going to happen? No, I, not immediately, but I thought I would maybe get away with it. I still, I still wasn't so such a denial. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you're two agents. One, uh, one, uh, the uh, shout out to Madame Petit. If she's what, she's probably watching this actually. It was, she watched uh, everything I did. I had to send a report to her every week. Uh, of everything that I did for two and a half years, and a complete report every month of uh, every every transaction and explaining everything. If you wire me like ten dollars, you have to sign your name, your address, your phone number. Why did you? So, Madame Petsy, we built a great relationship, and uh, uh, so they were her and another uh, woman. Her name was. I can't remember her name. She was she was pretty hot though. <laughs> oh, so like she was the technician, like you know, and Madame Petsy was uh, was uh, <laughs> was asking me all the questions, and then she was just typing. You know, I guess she was a technician at the time or something. Um. So okay, so you finish the whole thing. They tell you go home. But thank you, thank you so much, Mister Bastien, for your for your time and your cooperation. We'll uh, we'll get it Dutch soon, and 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 you don't hear anything. I don't hear anything. Uh, I don't hear anything for uh, two and a half years almost. So uh, except because I could, I still couldn't have a, a bank account, right? All right. So I figured. Look at this point, like the other people that loan me money, I'm finished. I can no longer borrow, borrow money, so I need at least a, a bank account. You know. So how you do this is you have to go in front of the judge and uh, ask. Uh, it's called the partial lift. I don't know if it's a term in English, but it's a partial lift of your uh, order restriction. Yeah. So um, this is, uh, and he said, yes, all right, but with all the, the conditions that we uh, provide you. And then we'll get it touched soon for your, I was calling every week, every single week for like at least a year and a half. Like, when is my? When is my trial? When is my trial? Does it make sense? Unfreeze, unfreeze the money. Nothing. Well, I have a question. Like, they never offered you, like, a plea? Like, hey, look. At the end, yes. It's what the trial was a plea deal at the end. I took the plea immediately. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, I took a plea deal, like, a month. And January, about a month ago. So, uh, the... 
I received finally after two and a half years, I received um, another thick stack, and they said, "Look, this is what we want to uh, give you." So it was uh, the beginning. It was a uh, uh, six hundred and fifty thousand dollar fine. Uh, obviously, they keep the two fifty five that they have to uh, dispatch to the people. Uh, it was banned for life as. Financial advisor, my God, just freaking out in the, in the back. Uh, I still banned for life for being a financial advisor. I couldn't trade for life for myself. That I was able to lift. That um, couldn't be a still can't be a, the president of a company for five years. Uh, so I was able to reduce down the fine to four hundred and fifty-five. My cat is literally puking in the back right now, sorry. Oh, this is a <laughs> Is this your, your you have a a, uh, a kid or? No, no, a cat. I have a cat in one, once a month, like he, because he licks his, it. once a month, he, he, he pukes and it just so happens. It's not Oh my God. Oh, I can't hear any of that. So right. <laughs> um. So when you were going to trial, uh, like, did they start the trial or did they just come to you? No, before the no, trial? no. They said um, I received this, and then one week later, they said uh, I received another letter. They said, "Look, if you want to talk, we are open to talk." So I contacted them. I said, uh, "At this point, I'm I I have come to the conclusion. Look, I, this is fucked up. I did, you know, I, I finally have been a Ponzi scheme. Yes, finally realized, you know. So uh, they proposed me the the plea. Uh, we went back and forth for maybe two year, uh, two weeks, and uh, I signed immediately. I wasn't going to do, to go to trial. It would be uh, would have been destroyed, and also they didn't want to to see the the people that were involved and everything, you know. So have any of those people that were involved, you know, that the were involved, have any of your victims reached out to you? Yes. Yes, they, they, uh, they were still, because I, I they, there is a whole aspect of, uh, it was almost a cult, like I was, uh, the thing I built. So even for at least six months or a year, they were still on my side after they knew, even if they knew, you know. They said, look, you could have just tell us, it was a demo account, we would have probably loaned you the money anyway because it's a good track record, you know, but doesn't matter, I still broke the law. So, uh, <clears throat> the, uh, they stopped contacting me, and, uh, and I'm sure they wouldn't, they wouldn't want to, to be contacted because they were supposed, keep in mind, most of the people that invested were supposed, they were in my team and they were supposed to refer me debt and have commissions, but luckily I was shut down before they had the time to get commissions and refer because they would have probably have gone into trouble uh, also right. them. So what, uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, but so recent, I'm saying, has anybody recently contacted you? No, no, no. One guy that it was a very, very small bit because some people didn't lose money. Uh, they actually made money. So I'm not sure what they're going to do with that. Like in Canada, I think they don't, I think in the U S if it's a, they, they, they are going to Try in the U.S. They try to get back the money from the oldest uh, investors, I think, 
in Canada, I think it doesn't even work uh, that way. So, because uh, keep in mind, I wasn't charged for a Ponzi or anything. It's uh, it was a, I wasn't charged for that. What were you charged? Uh, for? I was charged for uh, operating an um, uh, investment fund without a license. I was charged for oper- uh, acting as a financial advisor without a license. Okay. Uh, acting as a derivatives market advisor without a license uh, and uh, embezzlement, I think you call it in English. So misappropriation of funds. Right. What, so ultimately, you were just doing a whole kind of a fake it until you make it. Absolutely, absolutely. And this is the, the previous podcast. That's why it's so uh, it's much more sinister because it started way way back uh, with uh, the MLM stuff, like uh, the infuse that in my mind, like fake it till you make it. Is the it's logical. It was the most logical way to do it. Uh, just ridiculous, of course. Um. So how was uh, always Marco? Was that he, he was great. He was great. He's very professional. I yeah. think what he what he's doing is is great. I'm not completely one hundred percent anti MLM. I think it could work with a certain like affiliate, like one or two levels could somehow work. But the current structure, LDR structure, is so the whole thing is just it's a scam. It's a, it's it's truly a scam. So, uh, he was great. It was great. So far, the comments are good. Uh, there was just, a, from run FC, there was just one comment, like, because I was very emotional in the videos. Maybe, maybe people would have, have less sympathy in this one, but, uh, <laughs> but there was one comment in there that said, uh, like, uh, well, this guy is lucky to be a Canadian, you know, uh, uh if, if he knew, like if he watched American Greek. I watch every single episode of American Greed. By the way, I'm going to uh, uh, to do a podcast with a guy that was on American Greed, but uh, it was not that bad of a comment. You know, it's true. It's not. I wonder, did I deserve more? Uh, should would I have preferred to go to jail for six months or a year and the the fine to be at less of a fine? Still a little bit, you know, conflicted about about that. It is what it is. So you were saying, like, at the end of your probation, you you don't have a felony. No, I'm not charged uh, criminally. It's a uh, I think the legal term in English I don't know, but it's a uh, administrative fine. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I like I said, did I would I have preferred? But I still have a criminal record because at the same time that I was busted. I got a DUI that like, I think one week later and then COVID hit, like it was a, it was not a good, a good time in my life. But, uh, uh, what it would, it would not, would I've had preferred to have a criminal record and go to jail for uh, like a year and not have, uh, like a less of a fine. I don't know, but no, I don't have a, um, I'm allowed to travel to the United States. Uh, I'm not charged criminally for for that. No. Okay. So yeah. the money that you 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 said you you have a fine. Yeah. Is it really restitution? No. This is this. I was amazed by that. I was absolutely amazed. The four hundred and fifty-five thousand 
fine, right? It's not to re to pay back the people that lost money. So the government pays themselves back before they will pay. So they dispatched the 255. Luckily, it's like seven people that were the net loss about 234,000 on paper. It's actually a little bit more, maybe like 250. There was like seven people involved in this and like 70% of the, the, the money will go to one guy. So it's, it could have been worse, uh, but still it's horrible. Some people lost, did lose money and uh, the, uh, the fine is not to pay back that money. So I, I have to pay back the 455,000 and it's not to pay back the people. It's to pay back the salaries of the employees at the, it's to pay back Madame Pitsy. So you still owe the money to the investor? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I still owe the money. I still owe the money, but I mean, they could, they could, they could go, uh, uh, I think most of them have come to the fact like, look, they don't want to deal with this because they were involved in a way. So, but they could, they could, uh, one did, uh, sue me, uh, civilly for this. He, I didn't even show up at the, I said, look, I owe you the money. I don't need to, uh, I don't need to, uh, it's true. So I, I don't care. So, uh, I still 100% owe the money uh, to the, to the people, even legally or not. I still, I still let all them uh, in my mind. And I would much rather be the people than the, the government. So if I start making money, uh, I'll have to figure out a way to negotiate with the government and say, look, can we at least please like do something about the fine and like uh, pay back the people, you know? Okay. So what are you doing? So what are you doing now? Uh, right now I'm in, uh, I got a scholarship, um, it was a program, the government, like, you love Canada, Canada, yeah, after, after you watch this, you love it. So, uh, the, I got a scholarship. I'm paid to go to school right now. So on, I'm paid to, to, to go to log in. I log in into, uh, uh, in the morning, we have to qualify. Of course you have to have a, uh, to take the exams and you have to have, uh, the, the qualifications. You have to have the, the math, uh, in your high school and everything else. But they need uh, they they lack um, employees in the, in this field in Quebec. So the the government the uh, uh, they put in place a uh, no no how do you call it in English subvention like a, pro the pro a program a program yeah. So I'm paid to go to school. Not I make about like two grand a month, but I can have a, I, for two and a half years I lived on couches and uh, you know it was. But now I can I have my uh, my apartment and uh, I can uh, I can live so that's uh, that's what I'm doing right now and maybe the podcasting will be a thing uh, I have other ideas uh, so was well what are you going to school for programming so programming app uh, application development so pro I'm in uh, programming right now I don't care at all by the way I I really don't uh, I don't want to do this. It was a, it was, <laughs> it was, it was a, you know, uh, it was a, a salary, you know, right. So I don't, I don't intend to, uh, because most of the stuff you learn there, it's just so old and with the AI and it's just, uh, it's not, it's not that good. So, uh, yeah. Well, so what is it you do want to do? 
uh, maybe the podcasting. I find it very, very interesting. The uh, like the exposing scam stuff. It's so funny, dude. Uh, but at the same time, in the previous in the previous uh, podcast I did, I I do have compassion a little bit for, like you know, when you go. To, for me, it was for you. I I guess it's nothing, you know. But when you went through the process, I'm sure at the beginning it was you didn't feel good at all. It was probably horrible. So I feel a little, I feel a little bit. Uh, what process? Compassion. The process of going to jail and facing the the consequences of what you did. Right. So I'm sure I'm sure it wasn't that good at the at the beginning. Right. Uh, but yeah, the podcasting I find it so funny, dude. Exposing the M, the, especially the MLM guy. I won't, I won't steal the MLM niche to it of Marco, but these guys, it's so funny, dude. And uh, also, uh, so all the other scams that are so obvious out there. And that's that's fun. So I might, I might call, I might start a YouTube channel called Scamry App. I find it, uh, it's a little bit of, a, I think it's a catchy name. I like it. So, might. Um, do the podcasting. If not, uh, uh, I can still sell, you know, so, uh, I can sell stuff. I, uh, I'm not sure. How old are you? 32 years old, sir. Yeah. Bro, you got to figure out something. I do. <laughs> I do. I do. But I do. Uh, yeah, I do. I really do. I'm, I have to, I'll start something. Don't worry. You'll be my mentor. You can be my spiritual counselor. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yes, I'm sure Marco will help. Yeah, but bro, he will see this and he will see. Look, it's a completely different vibe on the on the other podcast. I see much more. Oh, he's credible. very serious. It's I see I I look much more credible on the other one. <laughs> but look, I know what it is. We'll figure it out, Matt. I promise you. I, I love that the guys, like, you would give them their money back and they'd go, well, when can we do this again, right? Like, they'd try and give you more money. Absolutely. You would think, uh, you said one thing at some point. Uh, you said, like, it's not because people are small, uh, are smart that they don't get scammed. And the more, the 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 smarter the, the person was in front of me, it was, the better. You know, because every single objection the person had, of course, I had the 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 objection model, the rebel prepared. So, um, so yeah, yeah. So it makes sense. To people, know. people, yeah. You would you wouldn't imagine how much how, how people that like right now. I'm I'm tired and I laugh. I I looked somehow a little bit credible. All right, bro. So, uh, people, I I know I know very I know the financial stuff really deeply. That's true. We can talk about finance and everything. I I know for real this this subject. Uh, so I sound I sounded very uh, credible. So uh, you will throw money like you can believe. I was amazed. I was amazed. Yeah, I wrote a story about a guy. Um, his name is Blaine Davis, and he literally he ran a Ponzi scheme for like a million dollars. Then he got in trouble in the United States and he got what, what in the United States, what happened with you? They, they call it, um, a pretrial intervention. Okay. So they, you know, the U S attorney shows up and, you know, he goes to you, you know, first the FBI shows up, they ask some questions. He goes to the U S attorney, the U S attorney, they have a meeting. The U S attorney says, look, this is a Ponzi scheme. 
you owe a million dollars. You owe these people a billion dollars. And he says, you know, and he's like, ah, you know, okay, I, 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 I hear you. Like he, he actually gets an attorney and the attorney says, look, what if he just pays the money back? If he gets on a payment plan and pays the money back, we won't prosecute him. So what he does is he, they, they call it pretrial intervention. So we're going to intervene before you go to a trial and if he gets it, we won't charge you. Okay. Okay. So Blaine goes out and starts another Ponzi scheme <laughs> to pay back the original victim. <laughs> Oh my God, <laughs> it's not funny, but it, you know, you know, it's, it's a, what, oh my God, you can make me to sit up, you know? <laughs> well, here's what's the, what's the interesting part about it is of course, Blaine at this point, all the original, his original investors were friends and family. So they don't, uh, that's not right. He doesn't trust. So nobody trusts him anymore. They're not giving him any more money. Yeah. So what he does is he goes to another guy that he scams out of a little bit of money. That guy realizes, hey, this is a scam. And he says to him, look, if you help me raise money, we can invest in a in a forex uh, a forex, you know, we can set up a forex for um skate not scam, sorry. Um a forex trading account and a forex, you know, basically a hedge fund. And I'll trade cuz I'm really good at trading. Even though there is nothing to prove. What is, what's his intention uh, to build like me? Like I truly, my intention was not to steal money, but was it his intention like to build something? Or he, he just, I, he did, I'm he, sure he would tell you that. Right. He would tell you that. Like, I mean, I'm sure if he had, was a decent trader, like it's like, but did, like did, did he knew some stuff about like, Oh no, he knew about it. He did seminars and everything. The problem is, Whenever he traded, like he's just not good at it. He's a horrible trader. <laughs> yeah, most of the guys, like I did the opposite. You know, most of the guys they suck at trading, then it becomes a Ponzi. You know, so I right. built like my theories and results, and while I was gathering the money, it was a Ponzi. Then I transferred. So most of the guys they do the they do the opposite. Yeah. Right. What, what he so what he did was. What he did was he went out and he got more. So he gets one guy. So he scams one guy. That guy realizes the money's, his money's gone. So he says to him, and that guy's name was um, Damien. So he says to Damien, like, let's start a company. All you've got to do is help me raise some money and I'll trade because I'm really good at trading. Despite his record. So Damien goes out and gets a guy named Donovan. This guy, Donovan Davis. Not, not not related to Blaine Davis. So you got okay. Blaine and Donovan and um and Damien. Well, Damien and Blaine convince Donovan to lend them some money. So Donovan lends them like a hundred grand. He well, he invests a hundred grand. And like a month later, it's at like a hundred and seven thousand dollars. He goes on to the website, he can log in, he can see his money, and his money's he's got a hundred and seven thousand. Yep. In a month. Yeah. That's great. So that, that's like an 80% return, right? So he's, you know, annually, not in a month, but annually that would be like an 80% return. So he's like, holy shit. So he puts in a little bit more money. Month later, he puts in some more money. Then what happens is they come to him and they say, hey, can we pitch your friends or your family? And he says, absolutely. So he they go to his, where his parents own a, um this large uh, company, and they he pitches his family and his brother and his 
cousins and an aunt and it, and his, his family invests a million dollars. So then, you know, based on Donovan saying, this is a great investment because Donovan yeah. thinks it is. Well, what happens is Donovan then gets a couple other people to invest. And as a result of that, they, they obviously, they, 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 these guys take that money and you know, immediately Blaine spends the money, spends some of the money on paying back some of his victims. He starts making payments, gives a hundred thousand, 200,000 to the, to the victims, to the U S attorney who gives it to the victim. Then he buys, pays for his car payment. He pays for a house payment. You know, he, he spends some of the money. Um, obviously Damien gets his money back his original money back. Then they go to Donovan and they go, you know what? You have been such a great help to us raising money. We are willing to give you one third of the company. All you have to do is invest $650,000 to pay for the one third. And Donovan thinks, wow, Donovan thinks, this is like getting in on the ground floor of Google. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> That's what he thought. He actually told me that. He said, I thought, my girl, this is great. This oh is like, it's like being an original investor in, 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 in Apple. You really said that, that the exact term of the Google. Exactly. It's like, you get it on the ground floor of Google. Like, the I was ground floor of Google arrived. So he pays, pays him 650000 And they said, all, and, and Donovan says, listen, I don't know anything about trading. They said, doesn't matter. All you have to do is raise money. We'll do the trading. So oh, I see this coming. So they end up raising, Donovan ends up raising another $15 million, $16 million, a total of like $17, $18 million. Wow. This goes on for a year or two. Then the financial crisis happens, right? 2008. And when Donovan is looking into the whole thing, he realizes it's a Ponzi scheme. Oh, my God. Poor guy. Because these guys literally are coming to him saying, we need more money. He's like, what do you mean we need more money? We got like 20 grand or $20 million. What are you talking about? $40 million. They're like, look, uh, you don't understand what's happening. Like, they, you, you have to think that. And always have a reason, you know. Uh, oh, uh, if we have more money, we can leverage or whatever, you know. Right. Yeah, it's all, it's all BS. Yes. But in the end, what ends up happening is he ends up, you know, he ends up going to the U.S. attorney. The U same U.S. attorney, by the way, that gave Blaine a pass. <laughs> so, oh, my God. Then the U.S. attorney looks into the whole thing. They, the U.S. attorney looks into it, talks to a bunch of the victims, and people are now, at this point, people are now calling saying, hey, this place closed down. They've got $800,000 of my money. They have a million dollars of my money. They have, they closed down. Um U.S. attorney says, we'll look into it. They send, like, I think the IRS agents go to look into it. it might be IRS or FBI. Right, I think it's the Secret Service looks into it. Secret Service goes and starts looking into it. And the Secret Service comes back and talks to the U.S. attorney. And they call Donovan and his attorney in. They go in and they tell Donovan, everybody we've talked to says that you were the one who told them to invest. You were the one who did that. You were the one that said that it was a good investment. You were the one. He's like, well, yeah, I know that's because that's what they were telling me. Yeah. So they indict him. They indict Blaine. They indict Damien and, and Donovan. Donovan goes to trial and he loses at trial. How much time do you think, because by the way, D uh, Damien 
testifies against him saying that Donovan knew it was a Ponzi scheme. Wow. He said he invested initially, invested about a million dollars, and then he he then found out it was a Ponzi scheme yeah. once he invested. Now, Donovan obviously says this isn't true. So Damien says it at trial. Donovan, several of his investors get on the stand, and they say Donovan's the one that told us to invest. So he's involved. Like, he's saying, yeah, I did, but not because I, I, I knew it was a Ponzi, but because they told me it was a Ponzi. Or I'm sorry, they told me it was a legitimate investment. Anyway, regardless, he loses at trial. There's $17 million in loss. Mm-hmm. How much money, I mean, sorry, how much time do you think Donovan got? That's hard to say for the U.S. No idea. I couldn't, I couldn't say. 17 years. 17 years. Oh. By the way, a part of the loss is the million dollars that he and his family put in. Oh, so they horrible, dude. They charged him. They charged him for the money that he lost in the Ponzi. Oh my God, dude. Oh, that's why I feel so good that the people, because it was a little bit, I, I find similarities with my thing. Like the guys, if they were, if they, they didn't know, of course, that I wasn't, uh, but I don't know. Yeah. But I had nobody else except me got in trouble basically. Right. So uh, poor guy, dude, that's yeah. not good. Well, what's, what's interesting about it is that there's a, there's like 4 million, I think three or $4 million of money that's missing. The guy Blaine, remember Blaine, the original, yeah. Yeah. yeah, while he was out, so he went on the run. Money had been wired to a bank that there's a bank. They have a bank in Switzerland, but they also have a, a bank in um, Hong Kong. Blaine flies immediately. When this whole thing collapses, he gets on a plane. He flies to Australia, to Perth, Australia, Perth. He then immediately, within a day or two, he flies to Hong Kong for about a couple days. He then flies back to Australia. A couple years later, he gets caught. Um, you know, he's been indicted. He gets caught. He's taken back to the United States. But in the meantime, he ran a third Ponzi scheme. Wow! In Canada, really? Yeah. Um, I know this because the the one of the victims contacted Donovan. And had said that he refinanced his house, and I think he pulled out—I want to say two hundred thousand dollars on his on his out of his house to invest with Blaine. Blaine took the money and left. Yeah, just took the money. Just just like literally didn't do anything. The guy gave him the money. He got money from a who knows how many other people, and took off with that money. Like at this point, he's not even pretending. He's just blatantly stealing. And now Blaine. Oh Blaine talks a good game. Blaine is very much a con man. Like when you talk to him, you can tell like this guy's a con man. Even when he got out of prison, he contacted me and was trying to get me. He was saying he was going <laughs> to me, take down the story. Yeah, do the, the whole blackmail and the, this, the, the, the brainwashing strategies. I'm going to go into this uh, if I start a channel because uh, you in the MLM industry, you go very deep into the sinister psychological, uh, yeah. uh, like brainwashing, brain fucking stuff. Um, so that's sinister, dude. That's not good. It's all about prevention, guys. I know, I know this sounds funny, but 
Uh, it's all about prevention, all right? Might, expo might expose, what do you think about as a real, because I mean, I was, a, I was not very good, you know. Uh, you as a real con man, um, what do you, what, how do you feel about exposing scams? Do you feel bad about that? You know, because <laughs> don't I feel like what, like what, we're kindred spirit? Like I'm supposed to be looking out for these guys? I don't know, no, dude, I'm confused. Like some, some guy, he, uh, because like I said, the, the, the interview I did was very emotional and I had compassion and everything. I, uh, I just, it was, a uh, it was fresh for me and it like, I'm still, don't get this wrong, I'm still conflicted a bit, like, uh, but it was the true, the first time I think I told completely, like, the, the absolute truth, you know. So that's why I got emotional a bit. And the guy, a guy, he wrote, he writes to me yesterday, very sinister shit, yeah, like, uh, he's obviously a scammer. And I said, like, in the video, if you, if you're, uh, you want just want to talk, you know, I'm all, I won't do anything. Just you, you're stuck in some type of scam or scheme or MLM. MLM are very sinister, dude. But if you're stuck in something, you want to talk, you can, you can write to me. Some guy, he writes to me yesterday and, uh, bro, this shit is heavy. He, he needs to go on, uh, on soft white on the red. Like he, it's, uh, he's obviously, he, he wrote in cryptic to be sure. Like, uh, he was. He's a professional uh, hacker, and he says like, uh, "I feel, I feel like what you said. I feel like I feel bad about, but I will never change. I will never change. I'm going to die like this." And uh, uh, he seemed to be involved with uh, like uh, Satanism, and bro, he said, "I'm going to die soon. That's for sure." But I still won't stop. I can't stop. There's nothing you can do, but still you made me feel a little better. So I don't know about the exposing. Like, it's so funny. I'm conflicted about that. I have to think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mixture of compassion and, you know, exposing them. So you, so you give me permission to expose them? Okay. I mean, I don't, yeah, why not? I, I, so, so uh, on a separate topic. Yeah, I have like this hair hanging out of the side of your head. <laughs> Are you that on hair? What's happening? I don't know what's happening. I, I just I I came out of the shower and uh, I'm sweating, and uh, yeah, I would need like a like you can tell that here. You know, I, I it's coming like my turn. Like just like you, I'll have pretty pretty similar. I'll have to do the. Uh, the hair, the hair, uh, the gotta hair do the hair stuff. thing. Yeah, gotta 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 do the hair thing. Uh, but you have like free health care, right? <laughs> you don't get free hair though. No, it's not. Oh, no. no, it's not covered. No, not and It's not. It's not covered. No, but yeah, we do. We do have a free uh, health care. Like I broke my uh, little finger. Yeah, and not uh, I have to go back. I think you have to break it again because it it uh, the. Uh, what happened is I got pissed drunk uh, before my my trial, and uh, I wiped out. I don't even remember what happened. I remember I, I woke up in the morning in my bed and my finger was like this. I had no clue what happened. Probably like fell or something. My guitar was on the floor, so I probably like fell. So went to the hospital and uh, completely free. So that's good. The the froze my finger, broke it back, but then yeah. But uh, yeah, they didn't feel anything. To be honest, it, it, it was really uh, well frozen, so they put the little uh, the little thing. But I think 
they didn't keep there keep it there long enough they let it there like two weeks so uh, i think uh i'll have to go back and they will have to break it again so that's unfortunate done yeah okay so back to the uh i was gonna say um yeah i get contacted by people all the time who are like in the middle of a scam or in the middle of something and i'm and they're always like you know bro like how do i get out of this and how do I like I, this? And I'm, you know, the problem is they they never want to follow my advice. It's always like like, look, you know, you got to do this, you got to do that. You call the um, public defender's office, and that you can talk to a public defender and go in, and you can explain. If you go in now, you. But in those cases, people that call you for this, you wouldn't like. That would not be good to expose them. Try to like infiltrate people that call you and try you want to get out. I mean, that that would be yeah. Okay. No, no, because you know they're calling for advice. They're not. Yeah, it's not like it's not like like with you know um, always Marco where he's like he's going into like MLMs or scams or whatever, and he's kind of saying, "Look, this is a scam." These yeah. are people that are reaching out saying, "Look, man, I I messed up. Like I I, I don't know what to do." The problem is they never want to listen. They they think that it's like okay, I'm going to tell them here's what you do, and, and and you can walk away. Like no, you here's what you have to do. Like yeah. you already said the FBI is involved. They're already asking questions. Like you need to do this and this and this. They're like, I don't know. I'm they they always basically want to put their head in the sand, yeah, and hope it goes away. And and look, I'm not going to lie to you. Sometimes you could just avoid if you're not a big player and there's not a lot of evidence. Sometimes you can put your head in the sand and it goes away. But honestly, that's like one in a thousand. Oh yeah. And that's one thing I learned. Uh, I thought I was so smart. Then the government, look, bro, the government. If you think you're you're going to outpower the government, like yeah, forget. Even for my little small shitty case, I think there were they were like uh, I forget forget the word in English. Like, uh, let me see. A little bit. I'm over. Not gonna lie. Uh, Auctioneer. No. Some somebody some no no somebody who uh, the detective likes the detective right. uh, an investigator a detective yeah exactly so the the uh, I even for my little shitty case I think there were to my knowledge there were at least four that was that was ongoing so imagine the, the amount of money they spent only for my little shitty case you know so if you think you're going to Avoid the power of the government. Uh, you're wrong. Yeah, you won't. Yeah, no, no. They've got an army to look into it. Yeah, especially you in the in the U.S. Like it's uh, the the IRS is brutal. I think for you and uh, here it's it's much more uh, soft. So I don't want to. I think so. Yeah. Like you've like. Morning. They showed up politely, and they didn't show up with guns, kick in your front door, and scream, "Get on the ground! Get on the ground!" Oh no, 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 no! Very polite, very polite. Uh, and uh, even the uh, detective that was uh, attributed to my case, I had to speak every week. Uh, very sweet, uh, very sweet lady. Uh, she wished me the best, and ho she hopes that I get back on my feet and everything. So uh, yeah, I think we're we're knowing Canada for this, but. 
there are many things that suck also in Canada, but we're known for uh, many French people become uh, the uh, immigrate here in Quebec because the they all say, uh, look, people are always so chill. Like here in France, everybody is like insane. So we're pretty chill here. Yeah, very polite, very right, very very polite society, very um, um, empathetic. Yeah, very. Also in Quebec, it's a it's a little different, like like the the rest of the Canada, but uh, more like I think like neutral vibe. I could say like in the U.S., yeah, you have really like and. You're in that, uh, identified with your country and everything. Like here, like nobody, nobody cares. Like nobody, we don't talk really about the like uh, the, the political stuff. It's not so such a big deal. Like uh, the liberals and the the republicans and yeah, conservative in Canada. It's not uh, nobody like nobody cares really. Yeah. All right. Well. What, I mean, what else what are we talking about? I, had, I don't know. Maybe we, I look, I have many, many insane stories of uh, scams that I was involved uh, indirectly also that I witnessed that uh, we can, uh, we can, this, this episode sucked in my opinion, but it's funny. It's all right. And uh, I have many stories that maybe you can do something else uh, another time. I have a great one about a guy in my city, like twice that I was from Florida, three rivers and uh, great one. My city. Three rivers. Okay. Yeah. And uh, one of the guy I recruited in ACN back in the day, I'm sure it had a role in planting the seed of what he did later also. So that's why I want, I want to talk about him and I'm also, but this guy, he's from my town. He was, he was my programmer for my websites and stuff when I had the party uh, business. This guy, he went Silk Road the the dark web uh, websites when Silk Road got shut down this guy this French Canadian Trois-Rivières guy my programmer he decides well I'm going to take over there is a space there I'm going to build the I'm going to build another uh, dark web uh, website so he built a website called Alpha Bay which became absolutely way bigger than Sick Roll, actually. He made, like, real money, like a million a day. And you can Google this. It's, it's all true. Uh, I, I don't even know why they didn't um, make a documentary in the U.S. It was much bigger than the, like, Jeff Session, the, the previous, your previous uh, general attorney, he made a speech about the alphabet when it got shut down. But the whole thing is so weird that, like, when he, got, he was in Thailand, and when he was uh, when he was caught, within that, I think he was facing extradition to the U.S. Obviously, so uh, very dumb. I he made a, just a one little mistake. That's how they uh, they caught him. And uh, after one week in the, the Thailand jail, he killed himself. The, 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 it's, it, but nobody believed this here in Dwarviar. Her mother doesn't believe this. Like it's impossible in the little cell that he that he were that he could have killed himself. So that's much bigger story and much sinister. I didn't. Uh, nobody knew that he was doing this. Even his close friends. No, he didn't tell anybody that he was doing this. So that's insane. I saw many many other uh, things, and uh, 
we can talk maybe later about uh, if you want. I mean, I don't. Not like I have. Uh, not like I have uh, much uh, much else to do. You know. <laughs> so uh, yeah. All right. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And uh, anytime we can talk about scams. You gave me permission to expose the scammers, so I might do that. My future, by the time this up, I I am uh, I contacted the guy that owns scamreapp.com and all the channels. I'll probably uh, have the domains transferred by the time this video is up, so my channel will probably be uh, scamreapp. So youtube.com slash forward scamreapp. So that's it. Hey, if you like the video, do me a favor and hit the subscribe button. Hit the bell so you get notified of videos just like this. Also, we will probably put the link in the description for the scam scam rehab, uh, assuming that the channel is up. Um, and uh, yeah, so leave me a comment. Uh, check out my books. Uh, buy a book. Check out my Patreon. Like I said, leave me a comment. I respond to a bunch of comments, like probably 80% of the comments I respond to. And I really appreciate you guys watching. And if you want to contact me, my email address is in the description. So I appreciate you guys watching. See ya. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but when I was locked up, I wrote a whole bunch of true crime books. And all of the books are on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, Audible, their ebooks. Check out the trailers. Using forgeries and bogus identities, Matthew B. Cox one of the most ingenious conmen in history, built America's biggest banks out of millions. Despite numerous encounters with bank security, state, and federal authorities, Cox narrowly, and quite luckily, avoided capture for years. Eventually, he topped the U.S. Secret Service's most wanted list and led the U.S. Marshals, FBI, and Secret Service on a three-year chase while jet-setting around the world with his attractive female accomplices. Cox has been declared one of the most prolific mortgage fraud con artists of all time by CNBC's American Greed. Bloomberg Businessweek called him the mortgage industry's worst nightmare, while Dateline NBC described Cox as a gifted forger and silver-tongued liar. Playboy magazine proclaimed his scam was real estate fraud, and he was the best. Shark in the Housing Pool is Cox's exhilarating first-person account of his stranger-than-fiction story. Available now on Amazon and Audible. Bent is the story of John J. Boziak's phenomenal life of crime. Inked from head to toe, with an addiction to strippers and fast Cadillacs, Boziak was not your typical computer geek. He was, however, one of the most cunning scammers, counterfeiters, identity thieves, and escape artists alive, and a major thorn in the side of the U.S. Secret Service as they fought a war on cybercrime. With a savant-like ability to circumvent banking security and stay one step ahead of law enforcement, Boziak made millions of dollars in the international cyber underworld with the help of the Chinese and the Russians. Then, leaving nothing but a John Doe warrant and a cleaned-out bank account in his wake, he vanished. Boziak's stranger-than-fiction tale of ingenious scams and impossible escapes, of brazen run-ins with the law and secret desires to straighten out and settle down, makes his story a true crime con game that will keep you guessing. Bent. 
How a homeless teen became one of the cybercrime industry's most prolific counterfeiters. Available now on Amazon and Audible. Buried by the U.S. government and ignored by the national media, this is the story they don't want you to know. When Frank Amadeo met with President George W. Bush at the White House to discuss NATO operations in Afghanistan, no one knew that he'd already embezzled nearly $200 million from the federal government, money he intended to use to bankroll his plan to take over the world. From Amadeo's global headquarters in the shadow of Florida's Disney World, with a nearly inexhaustible supply of the Internal Revenue Services funds, Amadeo acquired multiple businesses, amassing a mega conglomerate. Driven by his delusions of world conquest, he negotiated the purchase of a squadron of American fighter jets and the controlling interest in a former Soviet ICBM factory. He began working to build the largest private militia on the planet, over one million Africans strong. Simultaneously, Amadeo hired an international black ops force to orchestrate a coup in the Congo while plotting to take over several small Eastern European countries. The most disturbing part of it all is, had the U.S. government not thwarted his plans, he might have just pulled it off. It's insanity. The bizarre, true story of a bipolar megalomaniac's insane plan for total world domination. Available now on Amazon and Audible. Pierre Rossini, in the 1990s, was a 20-something-year-old Los Angeles-based drug trafficker of ecstasy and ice. He and his associates drove luxury European supercars, lived in Beverly Hills penthouses, and dated Playboy models while dodging federal indictments. Then, two FBI officers with the Organized Crime Drug Enforcement Task Force entered the picture. Dirty agents willing to fix cases and identify informants. Suddenly, two of Rossini's associates, confidential informants working with federal law enforcement, were murdered. Everyone pointed to Rossini. As his co-defendants prepared for trial, U.S. Attorney Robert Mueller sat down to debrief Rossini at Leavenworth Penitentiary, and another story emerged. A tale of FBI corruption and complicity in murder. You see, Pierre Rossini knew something that no one else knew. The truth. And Robert Mueller and the federal government have been covering it up to this very day. Devil Exposed. A twisted tale of drug trafficking, corruption, and murder in the City of Angels. Available on Amazon and Audible. Bailout is a psychological true crime thriller that pits a narcissistic conman against an egotistical pathological liar. Marcus Shrinker, the money manager who attempted to fake his own death during the 2008 financial crisis, is about to be released from prison and he's ready to talk. He's ready to tell you the story no one's heard. Shrinker sits down with true crime writer Matthew B. Cox, a fellow inmate serving time for bank fraud. Shrinker lays out the details. The disgruntled clients who persecuted him for unanticipated market losses, the affair that ruined his marriage, and the treachery of his scorned wife, the woman who framed him for securities fraud, leaving him no choice but to make a bogus distress call and plunge from his multi-million dollar private aircraft in the dead of night. The $11.1 million in life insurance, the missing $1.5 million in gold. The fact is, Shrinker wants you to think he's innocent. The problem is, Cox knows Shrinker's a pathological liar and his story's a fabrication. 
As Cox subtly coaxes, cajoles, and yes, cons Shrinker into revealing his deceptions, his stranger-than-fiction life of lies slowly unravels. This is the story Shrinker didn't want you to know. Bailout, The Life and Lies of Marcus Shrinker. Available now on Barnes & Noble, Etsy, and Audible. Matthew B. Cox is a con man, incarcerated in the Federal Bureau of Prisons for a variety of bank fraud-related scams. Despite not having a drug problem, Cox inexplicably ends up in the prison's residential drug abuse program, known as RDAP. A drug program in name only, RDAP is an invasive behavior modification therapy specifically designed to correct the cognitive thinking errors associated with criminal behavior. The program is a nonfiction dark comedy which chronicles Cox's side-splitting journey. This first-person account is a fascinating glimpse at the survivor-like atmosphere inside of the government-sponsored rehabilitation unit. While navigating the treachery of his backstabbing peers, Cox simultaneously manipulates prison policies and the bumbling staff every step of the way. The Program How a Con Man Survived the Federal Bureau of Prisons' Cult of RDAP Available now on Amazon and Audible. If you saw anything you like, links to all the books are in the description box.